welcome to today's podcast. Uh, today, I am joined by two people from Metro Deal, uh, Mr. Julian and uh, Mr. Matthias. Guys, could you uh, give a quick greeting, please? Hi, everybody. I'm Julian. I'm a technology and marketing consultant on Metro Deal. And then with Matthias. Hi, my name is uh, Matthias uh, Piringer. I'm the COO of Metro Deal, a Philippine uh, daily deal uh, company. And um, thank you very much, Netcore. Uh, and thank you very much, uh, Miguel, for um, having us on your podcast today. No worries. No worries. Thank you guys as well for uh, agreeing to do this. Um, it's definitely... Uh, a very different kind of world that we're all living in right now. So it's a huge uh, thank you for uh, attending our meeting today. So I guess the first question uh, that I want to raise for our podcast today is how are you guys and how is Metro Deal? Uh, how you guys have been dealing with this lockdown? So of course, due to the nature of our business, um, we have been... Uh, massively affected by by the coronavirus and by, mm. by, by the lockdown here in, in in the philippines because we are basically selling uh yeah digital vouchers for restaurants for beauty clinics for water parks for hotels for um all those establishments in the country that are currently uh, not open right yes, and um even though our shoppers are are, are uh, online so basically um the traffic is, um, you know, just decreased a little bit, but of course the sales dropped um, like crazy, and that's the situation right now. And um, but we hope that it will uh, get back to normal uh, soon. Let's see what's going to happen in May in the yeah, Philippines. Yeah, I mean, it's just a right. It's just right around the corner, and based on news, um, we'll be hearing what the lockdown uh, sort of plan will be by tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening here in Manila. So hoping that it will be a good uh, sort of reflection for business in the future. Uh, Julian, how, how about on your end? On my end, so yes, the drop of sales was uh, dramatic, but at the same time, it uh, gave us a kind of a breathing time because the whirlwind uh, the crazy day-to-day uh, -day work has uh, changed. <laughs> yeah, commute has so, uh, changed. <laughs> I mean, it's also like all the whirlwind, like, you know, like uh, the normal day in the office where you have to take care of all the little problems, like uh, uh, there are a bit less problems than usual. So the problems are different. So it allows us to focus more on long-term planning and uh, focusing on features that uh, we usually have less time to work on. So there are also pros to have this little weird situation. So um, uh, that's uh, one of the, like the only pros that I, I see with the situation. Uh, yeah. No worries, <laughs> uh, no worries. I mean, you talk about pros. So I've been also wondering, um, in here in the Philippines anyway, there's been a sort of mass work from home scheme that's happened uh, essentially people aren't commuting anymore people aren't uh, on the streets as they as much as they used to be so with that in mind how has working from home sort of affected metro deal employees and the overall business i would ask as well 
So basically, we were not prepared for this, right? Yeah. Um, because we have never had work from home before because because our employees, our staff, they need to access, um, you know, our tools. They need to access the data, especially customer service. They need, um, yeah, to, uh, they need to, to work in the office in order to do that, right? So that's yes, why also in terms of uh, privacy and security, cybersecurity uh, especially, right? So that's why it's work from home is never something that we have, um, that we have done uh, at Metro Deal before. And we were also not prepared in terms of, you know, uh, laptops, for instance. It came quite, 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 uh, quite sudden, right? Uh, all of a sudden, it says, okay, uh, starting in two days, um, everyone has to work from home and nobody is allowed to go to work anymore. And we weren't prepared. So we had to buy 16 laptops within two days. Of course, we weren't the only company um, in need of, of laptops. So it was quite difficult for us to source and to find laptops and uh, to install all the necessary tools that we need for, uh, for work from home, such as TeamViewer, such as, um, such as a VPN access, et cetera, et cetera. So it was uh, quite a mission, but um, uh, we like last minute managed everything. So um, yeah, that's why we're still up and running, I guess. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. I mean, you, you mentioned that you guys were able to sort of manage everything. So I'd like to dive deep a little bit more on that. So in terms of productivity or in terms of like keeping everything managed and up, up, uh, ship shape, how, how have you guys been able to do that? Um, do you guys have any um, specific uh, processes that you have in place or new processes rather since this is a new thing that uh, I think it, it depends really on the type of teams uh, that you're talking about. Like some teams are really uh, quite, uh, have already strong processes in place. Um, and in our industry, the only uh, problems for them was the access to the tools and the data. Uh, but like for customer service, uh, by example, like uh, their work fundamentally doesn't change uh, a lot. Uh, for some of the teams, like uh, the dev team, I think work from home allows kind of flexibility uh, to uh, have more like deep work. There is less perturbations. So uh, in terms of productivity, if they have a good internet connections and a good computer, it's quite good. The problem in the end is like in the Philippines, uh, the internet connections are often bad. The big uh, issue that we have uh like uh, the problem that we have with the laptop is also uh, a problem in terms of performance of the equipment for everybody and things like that so that's things that we try to uh, handle um but in fact uh, instead of having our man come in a conference room we have it on a google hangouts uh <laughs> we try to adapt uh, and also to teach the people who were not totally accustomed to all these tools how to uh, manage their teams uh, better. Um, personally, I've been always a proponent of work from home. Uh, I think like if you give every employee the right place for them to be the most productive, whether it's inside the comp inside the office or at home, um, as long as communication is there. And you allow like asynchronous communication, uh, then the productivity shouldn't be impaired. Uh, the problem is communication. 
like mm. uh, how you manage to keep everybody on the same page all the time. So, uh, Julian, you mentioned earlier uh, how about how you communicate with your team and how that is essential or vital uh, for being productive. But now I kind of want to uh, bring that focus of communication to your other um, sort of point of communication with your customers. So with regards to this lockdown or with, the, with regards to the pandemic that's been going on, have you guys experienced any difference in communicating with your customers? Are you guys changing the method of how you're sort of uh, talking to them? Are you changing your strategies? How's that been? So we have two types of customers. We have uh, our merchants and our users. So uh, we had to change the medium of communication with our merchants and we had to change our content of communication with our users. Our mm. With our users, we needed to be uh, less commercial, but more like uh, helping. Also, we changed our product line to be uh, more in phase, like uh, with the time. So it's more like uh, products that are about uh, learning, like online learning products and donations, things like that. And we communicate mostly about uh, how to go uh, these difficult times uh, and giving tips and things like that. So we change our communications towards that. With our merchants, we try to adapt uh, because we, our sales team were used to face-to-face -face meetings and uh, presentations and all that. So we are moving to uh, virtual meetings, uh, calls, uh, Google Hangouts presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, so the biggest obstacles, uh, but Matthias is more in touch with the sales team than I, I think are like uh, reaching the merchants because uh, a lot of them have uh, lower uh, availabilities because their operations are often uh, a bit shut down. So that's uh, one big obstacle that we have. With regards to my next question then, um, considering all that's happened uh, in the world and with business, what do you guys think is the main thought or the prevailing idea that business leaders should have during this type of world crisis? Julian, please go ahead. Okay. Uh, the big uh, thing is business leaders had to wear two hats at the same time. The first hat was to uh, face the emergency. Uh, like Matthias was saying, like in two days, setting up everything to uh, uh, be able to continue the operations uh, with work from home, etc. Uh, controlling costs, uh, managing to keep clients for the companies who have like uh, more B2B businesses and uh, uh, stopping cancellations, and like all these emergencies that comes with a crisis. And the second thing is, the second hat is uh, they have to be analytical uh, because first it's unprecedented, like in uh, modern history, like in the last 100 years, we have never seen something like that. 
and we are in a situation where it kind of puts in a, a stop to uh, the globalization, like uh, all the import-exports all around the world are stuck. The, um, uh, the airline industry is uh, in really bad shape. The supply chains are in really bad shape too. So, and a lot of countries are, have closed their borders and it will last a long time. Uh, even if the lockdown is uh, stopped, the opening of uh, borders will take a while, I think, yes. to be uh, totally in effect. So there will be uh, a world after that we have to prepare. So that's where the analytical uh, mind of uh, entrepreneurs have to be up while facing the everyday emergencies of saving the business and making sure that this business survives uh, the months of uh, this crisis. So it's, uh, I think that the two hats that are really hard to combine, uh, but needs to be combined to uh, face this. In terms of Metro Deal, what we did is, um, of course, there, there are a lot less sales than, than before. And I mean a lot, right? But we know that we can that we can push through this, um, and um, and and we are now using the time. Um, we're now using the time, like nine to ten, uh, eleven hours sometimes uh, a day, to make our product uh, better, to improve it, and to improve everything across all departments. You know, and that's why uh, it's important, especially for a business. Uh, you know, and for for the management team, to not. Let, letting yourself go. I mean, I'm currently... Understood. And I think that's a very good point to make. I mean, uh, business leaders and even employees or uh, teams in general, uh, they've had to make quite different and quite, uh, let's call it, creative solutions to sort of just adapt and to be able to survive uh, throughout this pandemic. So... Thank you guys for uh, sharing your opinions on the COVID, uh, or rather on the pandemic uh, that we've all been experiencing throughout the world. But uh, for now, uh, in order to sort of segue into the next topic that I wanted to discuss, um, which was perfectly uh, set up by Matthias, uh, you mentioned how uh, surviving or creating strategies in order to survive is essential, even up to, especially within these times right now. And one of the big topics in marketing about how to remain relevant and how to survive is with personalized marketing. So one thing I kind of wanted to pick your brains on was what are your ideas as marketers and what are your opinions on personalized marketing? So when we talk about personalization and especially uh, algorithmic personalization, mm -hmm. so... Uh, like uh, Netflix is doing or Google now is doing with these search results. Uh, basically, we are talking about a bias amplifier. So uh -huh. it's a model that is trying to uh, uh, detect the bias of each user. And uh, so in, usually we talk about preferences. Uh, and then it learns these biases. And... Um, 
and uh, mathematically it's vectors. Uh, so uh, it fits the idea of a bias, the direction, and then it makes recommendation based on this bias. So it's really powerful, but the problem is uh, these biases, you train them based on KPIs. Uh, so the mistake that can be done is one choosing the wrong KPIs uh, mm -hmm. that will uh, create the wrong effect. Like there is a famous uh, story when YouTube created the first version of their recommendation algorithm. Uh, it was trained to uh, push towards uh, more popular videos. And the joke inside YouTube was like, if you stay on YouTube long enough, you will always end on the Gangnam Style video. And uh, when they changed the algorithm, it created uh, other effects that uh, it boosted the popularity of uh, the Flat Earth Society and these kind of uh, things. Mm -hmm. So it has really a huge consequence. Like the KPIs you train, uh, your model on and your personalization on will have a big consequence on your business. Uh, direct in terms of uh, ROI and money, but also indirect in terms of uh, behavior that you push towards your users. Um, so for an e-commerce website like ours, uh, we don't have much cultural impact uh, like YouTube. So if we sell more uh, beauty products than restaurants, it's okay, uh, culturally speaking or uh, in the society speaking, but it has, uh, it has this kind of impact. So you have to choose your KPIs carefully and know that uh, it can increase engagement and can increase conversion rates, uh, but it's not... Considering the, the potential and basically the results that personalization has shown us, do you believe marketing uh, will ever sort of go back to, let's say, traditional means of marketing? Or is personalization really the surviving or really the, the strategy that everyone should be doing moving forward? Uh, I think traditional marketing is... Uh... Marketing is really uh, about uh, what is a brand, what is a product, what is a market, and how do you make these things coincide? Like, what is the positioning of a pro the positioning of a product? What is the target market of a product? Uh, personalization is a way for you to optimize this market fit. And yeah. instead of talking about uh, a segment of customers, you're talking about each customers. But mm. if you don't understand what is your brand in the first place, it's a tool that is tremendous, that can really be game changer, but uh, it's just a marketing. I think it's all about the right marketing mix that suits the specific company needs and, 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 and the business model, right? Essentially, I think it's quite a, a balancing act of some kind. It's sort of finding, as you said, finding the right fit for the right market and for the right audience to be able to effectively communicate with everyone. And I think that's a wonderful way to end our podcast. And I thank you guys so much again for attending.